Just a little random musical intro. I'll just uh, do a song I just uh, wrote a couple days ago to start with. invaded Russia, along with France and Italy, Japan and the UK. The troops came to stop the revolution, whatever else the lying textbooks say. If they even mention this invasion, usually it will not qualify as a footnote in the story of this nation, in which tens of millions have died. Since the last time the U.S. invaded Russia When it was invaded once again By more armies come to stamp out Bolshevism Whose ranks were filled with German-speaking men Sent to fight and die for their Fuhrer On a mission to kill all the Russian Reds Brainwashed by the lying propaganda that for years had been stuffed inside their heads. The last time the U.S. invaded Russia, armies came to stop this nascent state. They came from the west, north, south, and east. They came from across the Bering Strait. They came with tidings from the White House, from the men of industry, of course. Hundreds of thousands of soldiers made up this sprawling global military force. The last time the U.S. invaded Russia, it was an existential threat. When the armies came across the ocean, some people never can forget, such as most anyone from St. Petersburg, Murmansk, Crimea or Odessa There are still trucks standing by the road there From the last time the U.S. invaded Russia Hello So, um... Uh, question about that song I got already from Lucan. Uh, it's it's that's the song is about Russian history, and people can interpret it how they want to. I'm not gonna tell you what it's about, other than what it's obviously about, which is Russian history, and it's all true. It's mostly about 1919, but I mention other invasions in the song, where it seems appropriate to do. And it's lovely to see you all out there, whoever you are, wherever you are, if you are there, listening now or later on podcast form. If you look for This Week with David Rovix, this will be in podcast form. And um, some of you, this is where you're finding it later. We're time traveling all the time here on the internet. Um, and um, it's been a fairly um, interesting f past few days Um just my little life as well as in the world um 
in my own little corner of the world, um, writing that song um, generated a lot of feedback from folks. And uh, so I was thinking maybe if anybody actually was looking for my feedback on their feedback, um, they are, you or whoever is welcome to make comments on, on any of the platforms. We're broadcasting live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And I can see all the comments that come in on whatever platform you're watching on. And um, yeah, so that song generated some interest as well as my uh, piece in Counterpunch about um, Neil Young, Joe Rogan, and um, Spotify. And um, where I believe I'm taking a more nuanced position than many people who are either, um, you know, you know, coming in defense of one of these folks or the other. I, I uh, think um, I'm not going to repeat what I'm saying in my essay. You can read it if you want. But um, if anybody has any questions about that or comments about that, I'll be looking at them. And um, cool, we got Portland and Brisbane in the house here. Um. I take requests if I wrote it, I might be able to play it on the man on the octave mandolin. This is an octave mandolin. It's it's an octave lower than a mandolin, and I'm in love with this thing, along with the mandocello and the mandola. I mean, I just love them all. But I'm gonna play the octave mandolin for you um today. And I will talk if anybody, you know, wants to talk. Um and uh I will play songs that are related to the news, which is not hard to do, given how much news there is. Jacob Blake was walking to his SUV. Alton Sterling was selling DVDs. Eric Garner had just broken up a fight. Brianna Taylor was asleep in the middle of the night. Tamir Rice was playing in the park. Elijah McLean was out walking after dark. Dominique Clayton was sleeping in her bed where she was shot by a cop in the back of her head say their names say their names say their names say their names walter scott was driving to a store betty jones was answering her door philando castile was driving home with his girlfriend. Anthony Hill was naked on the grass when he met his end. Edsel Ford was walking in his neighborhood. Michael Brown was blown away just standing where he stood. Kendra James was shot to death at a traffic stop by yet another unaccountable killer cop. Say their names. Say their names. Say their names, say their names. Atiana Jefferson was playing a video game with her little nephew, 
gunned down just the same. Oscar Grant was celebrating the new year, handcuffed when the shots rang out that everyone could hear. Eric Reason pulled into a parking spot. Not long after that was when he was shot. George Floyd was just shopping in a store. Micah Xavier Johnson thought he was still at war. Say their names. 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 So that's um, just to point out why that song is particularly relevant at the moment. The trial of several of those cops in Minneapolis is ongoing right now. And of course, there's all kinds of other trials going on of uh, other folks related to some of those cases, other cases that aren't in the song. Um, I was thinking, uh, you know, one of the things that's going on here in Oregon, although if you're in Portland, it's um, it's a very big place, Oregon, and it doesn't feel so much like, I mean, whatever that means, it doesn't feel like you're part of the same state as this uh, places that are like five hours drive south of here, you know, that we're, we're, we're much closer here in, in Portland to places like Olympia and Seattle than we are to the southern part of the state. But <clears throat> down in the southern part of the state, um, there's a town called Brookings, which I've been reading up about, um, the Brookings Institute, the conservative think tank based in Washington, D.C., is named after the founder of the town of Brookings, Brookings, Oregon. And Brookings, Oregon um, was, uh, at least as far as its, you know, sort of modern incarnation as a city at the, at the base of this river, which I'm quite certain has had people living there year-round for a very, very long time, long before it was Brookings, Oregon, or Oregon. But anyway, at the base of this uh, river, which they now call the Chetco River, um, I mean, in colonial times, you know, period, modern period. And um, right there on, on in southern Oregon, right just north of the California border, it's just a half less than a half hour drive from Pelican Bay, the prison in Pelican Bay, California. So it's um, a lot of the people who live there work there in Pelican Bay. Ah, good. Tell me more about Brookings. Somebody else, oh, Brookings, right? Somebody else has relatives down there. Oh, good. So you're a real Oregonian from the south of Oregon. Yes, it is definitely Oregon, right? But um, in many, many, it's, it's even more Oregon than the north of Oregon, really, because you got all kinds of towns with names like Jackson and Selma down there. But um, founded by proud Confederates. But um, the... Um, Oh, my T-shirt. My, my daughter found this at the bins. There's a, a wonderful place if you're into really, really cheap, uh, but potentially good clothing if you really are good for looking at it and uh, looking for that stuff. You know, she found this. She finds all sorts of great stuff at the bins. Um, oh, Chetko is a native name. Okay. Oh, good. So, see, I'm completely ignorant. So that's a real name for that river then? Good. Okay. Then I know... Because it sounds like Chetco. I mean, I didn't look it up, but it just with the co at the end, I just assumed it was like a company, you know, like um, uh, what it, you know, what am I thinking of? Like um, uh, some there's different stores with it. Petco, for example. No, Chetco, much better. So, um, but Brookings, um, uh, it also um, 
I mean, it used to be a logging town. It, it was um, Brookings. The, the company is a logging company with a mill and stuff. And um, and then the mill closed uh, some decades ago, uh, along with uh, you know the cutting down of so much of the forests in the region, especially the old growth. Um, and then uh, basically in the 80s, it started becoming a retirement uh, community. Lots of folks moving up from California and getting houses. And, you know, now as it is now, one third of Brookings rents and of the renters, I've been looking it up, you know, online and stuff. One third of the people there rent and of the renters, more than two thirds of them are um, rent burdened. You know, they're, they're spending most, uh, the vast majority of their income on rent. And then there's a growing homeless population. And in Brookings, apparently there's just one place left that serves uh, meals for the uh, unhoused population. And they also allow people to sleep in their uh, parking lot in cars. And they also offer showers and stuff. And this is a church called, uh, oh, geez, what's the name of this church? Um, St. What is it? It is uh, what is it? Brookings, Oregon. Ah, where'd it go? Timothy's? Was it Timothy's? Church controversy. How about that? Somebody else can look this up quicker than me, right? While I'm Saint Timothy's. Saint Timothy's. Um. So, but uh, St. Timothy's, they, they stepped up their game during the pandemic when other churches stopped serving uh, free meals, um, and, uh, and now they serve four meals a week there at the church. Uh, but the town has just passed an ordinance uh, telling them they can only serve two meals a week. Uh, and, and basically, they're trying to, the few homeless uh, people who have a safe place to be, they're trying to get them out of the town um, by making uh, Christian charity illegal. And, um, you know, I don't know about these people on the city council, but, you know, this is a country with a, you know, majority Christian background population. And um, a lot of these uh, well-to-do conservative types, um, such as, I believe, run the city council of Brookings, Oregon, have actually grown up going to church. So they probably are familiar with at least some of the teachings of Jesus that say things like, you need to feed the hungry. But... um, so I've been working on a song about that. Haven't done, haven't finished, but um, but here's one about a very similar situation in Arizona. If you go to Pima County in the Sonoran Desert Lands, you'll find the town of Ajo among the cactus stands. The only town you'll see. The only water too And someone is thirsty There's no question what you do Well over a century It was a normal thing To have an extra jug of water That you might bring In the harsh Sonoran Arizona summer heat We'd rather give the vultures Something else to eat 
ask where I was going nor where I'd been I was hungry you gave me food I was thirsty you gave me drink I was naked you gave me clothes I was a stranger me in I have this book here a story I learned well I always thought I understood the tale that it tells it's spelled out very clearly in Matthew 25 what a good Christian does when a stranger arrives I didn't ask where I was going nor where I'd been I was hungry you gave me food I was thirsty you gave me drink I was naked you gave me clothes I was a stranger you let me in There's a crackdown with life and death on trial. The only place with water for a hundred miles. Facing twenty years in prison is a very mighty rod. Now all of us are forced to choose between Caesar and God. Where I was going, nor where I'd been. I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was naked, you gave me clothes. I was a stranger. You let me in. You let me in. You let me in. I was, um, oh, Ballad of Yola Park would be a good idea. That's the one I was, I was, when I started out writing about this situation in Brookings, it was starting out to be a lot like that song, and then it took a different turn, and now I'm not sure where it's going. But, let's see. Um, I was thinking of, uh, how about this? Because, um, like, uh, well, this is, I wrote, uh, this is a song I wrote um, when uh, Trump was in office, um, before the pandemic even. And there were certain trials going on in D.C., show, show trials going on in D.C. But in the wake of, uh, you know, as we're sending soldiers into Eastern Europe, um, even without NATO asking the U.S. to do so, as you may be aware, these thousands of U.S. soldiers that are now heading to Germany and Romania have not been... Uh, asked uh, by uh, by NATO to go there. Ever since the election, the 
that brought the orange man in. There have been those repining things to be how they had been. Remembering the good old days of 1992. So maybe after we impeach the president, we impeach the Democrats too. From the time I turn on the radio to the time I turn it off. It's testimony from the pigs feeding at the trough. Complaining of corruption, but corrupt through and through. Maybe after we impeach the president, we impeach the Democrats too. With these proceedings going on, they found time to pass a budget. $700 billion for more bombs and Boeing jets. Yes, when it comes to corporate welfare, they all know what to do. Maybe after we impeach the president, we impeach the Democrats too. In the urban centers, progressives come to swarm. Walking past the tents that have been there since welfare was reformed. When all the wrecking balls began to swing around here on cue. After we impeach the president, we impeach the Democrats too. Listen to the congressman lecture us on what the rule of law affords. For any vice president's son who sits on advisory boards. Any vice president's son, I guess a president's daughter will do. But maybe after we impeach the president, we impeach the Democrats too. They talk of foreign policies that once were so darn good. As if Goldman Sachs and Raytheon work for Robin Hood. If you're gonna play dress up like that, at least wear a decent ruse. Maybe after we impeach the president, we impeach the Democrats too. Perhaps I'm not your target audience, whose heads you seek to fill with all this nonsense about your city on the hill. I can't afford to live in it, but I'll come to the barbecue. After we impeach the president, when we impeach the Democrats too. After we impeach the president, when we impeach the Democrats too. I think it's a very good idea. And as far as this discussion about whether I'm pro-Putin or not. I mean, the song about Russian history and whether I'm pro-Putin, they're not related. But here's uh, more on my position on U.S. imperialism anyway. This is not a position on Putin. It's a position on U.S. imperialism. And if you don't see the difference there, then you need some help with uh, nuanced thinking there, my friend. In the halls of power. Washington, D.C. Now that the pandemic has the planet on its knees, combined with the embargo since they tightened up the screws, they see something flammable. They want to light a fuse. The empire can't pass up a chance to undermine 
and pursue their imperial designs. Los Estados Unidos se creen el país elegido por Dios para acabar con el mundo en nombre de la libertad. From the halls of power in Washington, D.C. to the collapsing buildings on the shores of Miami. You can see them on the TV, the crusaders of the north, talking from the tent camps about bringing freedom forth. From the land where there's a massacre each and every day, listen to the president say, Los Estados Unidos se creen el país elegido por Dios para acabar con el mundo en nombre de la libertad. In the halls of power in Washington, D.C. In the wake of all the blood they have spilled across the sea and across the very nation they claim is so free where one in four children each night go to bed hungry the riot police are rioting here somewhere every night but other people need their civil rights Los Estados Unidos se creen el país elegido por Dios para acabar con el mundo en nombre de la libertad. In the name of freedom. Um, the looking, yeah, I, so I did say I'm interested in dialogue, um, but, um, um, yeah, the idea that, that NATO def is defending Ukraine and that this isn't an attack on Russia is not a sensible position that bears any relevance to the history here that we're talking about. So I don't really have much to say about that kind of comment. You know, that's not really an invitation to discussion. That's just a statement of the ridiculous. And um, so, sorry, the U.S. is an imperialist power. So, and that needs to be understood first before we can even talk about what's happening in the world. Uh, that has to be a baseline assumption. If you don't understand that the U.S. is an imperialist power, out to serve the corporate uh, elite, um, then there's no basis to talk about what's happening in Russia or the Ukraine because it's all predicated on this understanding. NATO is not a defensive organization, it's an offensive organization, and the United States is, is not an altruistic, 
entity doing helpful things anywhere in the world. The military bases are all there for offensive purposes, for occupation. We're occupying other countries on behalf of multinational corporations. Uh, we are surrounding Russia, and we've been doing it since the Russian Revolution. Um, so, no, this is not a defensive maneuver. Ukraine is not being defended. Um, this is all propaganda. And um, and I don't even need to, uh, you know, I, need, I don't need to watch TV to know this. I, I just need to know history, because history already happened. The future hasn't happened. History has happened, and there's a lot we can figure out from that. And we can also look at the military bases all over the world and see what they're doing. You know, it's not a it's not a mystery. It's only a mystery if you're watching TV, you know. Yeah, the propaganda is very intense for sure. Understandable to get confused. Owen Brown was an Owen Brown was an abolitionist. John was Owen's son. He grew up in New England. He was born in Torrington. John Brown was a tanner and a man of many skills. And he stood up for the workers who toiled in the mills. He stood up for the Indians. He stood up for the women, for the oppressed and the exploited. This good man stood with them. So when Kansas was bleeding, he went and joined the fray. If the slave trade wanted Kansas, the slave trade would have to pay. Riding through the Kansas prairie with a fine and loyal band. Glory, hallelujah. Beecher's Bible in his hand. Glory, hallelujah. Beecher's Bible in his hand. With 2,000 of New England's best and bravest sons, Captain Brown fought in Kansas with a Bible and a gun. When Free Lawrence was on fire, lighting up the night, the ruffians would flee. John Brown would stand and fight. Lincoln called him a fanatic, and he was a Christian who thought you should do unto others as you'd have others do unto you. Christ said, love your neighbor, and if your neighbor's held in slavery, he was one who felt his duty was to fight to set them free. Riding through the Kansas prairie with a fine and loyal band. Glory, hallelujah. Beecher, Beecher's Bible in his hand. Glory, hallelujah. Beecher's Bible in his hand. He drove the slave trade out of Kansas then went to bordering Missouri, raided the plantations, no compromise, said he. 
broke the chains and shackles, rode at night to Canada, out of the nightmare, the devil's friend America. He was caught in Harper's Ferry, his family lying dead. They questioned him for hours as he laid there and bled. They hanged him on the gallows, they laid him in his grave. John Brown was a Christian, and he died to free the slave. Riding through the Kansas prairie with a fine and loyal band. Glory, hallelujah. Beecher's Bible in his hand. Glory, hallelujah. Beecher's Bible in his hand. Yeah, Beecher's Bible. That's what they called the uh, the guns. Kurt Barnes, lovely to see you here. My most one of one of the most eloquent um, fans <laughs> that I have. I mean, most of the eloquent things you say are very kind things about stuff that I have written and you you, re, you review my songs and my podcast so well I must say what was I going to do maybe something else I mean I'm uh, open to suggestions were refugees. Let's try a different key. Still getting used to things. And I'll get your money back. I always get annoyed when somebody doesn't know what key they're supposed to be in. But now that's me. My great-grandparents were refugees. That should be a normal thing to say. I was born in New York City My people came from far away They fled the generals and dictators The warlords from Moscow and Budapest You could be conscripted for the rest of your life Or you could head west My great-great-grandparents were refugees too Just north and south of Brittany Farmers in the hills somewhere On the starving side of the Irish Sea They fled their colonial tortures They fled starvation, slavery They fled across the Atlantic Along with millions of other refugees My great Grandparents were refugees, but getting to the other side took such a toll it seems that my great-grandfather died. So when his son was a little kid, he grew up without a dad. That's typical of 
the hard life so many other refugees had. My great-grandparents were refugees, let me tell you what that means. They were escaping war-torn lands ruled by tyrants, kings, and queens. They did not come seeking fortune. They were not pioneers. Leaving home, their hearts were broken. All their cries fell on deaf ears. were refugees. No one taught me that in school. It's dangerous information in the old game of divide and rule. My name is David Rolex, and I know who my people are. They're on that raft upon the ocean. They're on the trunk of that car. My great Grandparents were refugees, that should be a normal thing to say. I was born in New York City, my people came from far away. Empty, good to see you. I'll be seeing, uh, seeing Empty soon. I don't know if I can give away your identity, so I won't, but I'll be seeing you soon. In a certain country on the other side of the Atlantic, I'll be... I'll be playing, as it turns out, I have one gig in Iceland, one gig in Bergen, Norway, and zero gigs in Denmark, although I'll be spending the most time in Denmark, but hopefully, I think soon, those gigs in Denmark will materialize and I'll have at least maybe two, and um, it's going to be a, a very uh, easygoing vacation slash tour, which I'm very much looking forward to, and if any of you are out there in Scandinavia, um, uh, I still have plenty of room for more gigs, especially in Denmark or southwestern Sweden, but also potentially, uh, at least potentially, so if there's I, I, if another gig somewhere near Bergen, there's nothing else near Bergen, but so that probably won't work. But um, but it'll be a nice visit to Bergen, and then also um, Iceland, and uh, plenty of time for additional gigs in Iceland and additional gigs in Denmark and southwestern Sweden. Anyway, if anybody out there. Wants to put something together real quick. I'll be leaving here uh, on in Portland on February 17th, heading towards Copenhagen, and I'll be there for basically, well, in, in Scandinavia for two and a half weeks. And then I'm back in Europe in April, April um, April 18th until May 24th. I'm flying into and out of uh, Frankfurt, and I don't know what I'm doing there other than for sure on April 23rd. Is it the 23rd or the 24th? I think it's the 23rd. Uh, in Brussels, at, in front of the European Parliament, there's a rally for Julian Assange, and I will be there at that. And speaking of Julian, how about this? We'll do a song. I mean, it might be a little bit hard to make sense of what this is about. I guess, I don't know. But um, it's a little bit of a strange little stretch here, but uh, I don't know. Tell, tell me what you think. I mean... I wrote this a couple months ago. I'm still not sure quite what I think of this song, but... Mm. 
you were wanted by a nation, not run by the rule of law. Senators and generals had so often made the call that he should be hit with a missile. They had said that on TV. What would you expect from a legal authority? Asked to extradite him back to this country. If his name were Jamal Khashoggi. If he were wanted by a nation which had sent its spies to arrange a situation where he accidentally dies. They had secretly listened in on all his conversations if they had explicitly made plans for his assassination. Would you write it off as just a strange conspiracy? If his name were Jamal Khashoggi. were wanted by a nation they so frequently condemn in human rights tribunals held at the UN for torturing their prisoners for the ways they are confined. If the state had a different name, would justice be so blind? Would your courts just hand him over, take him from his family? If his name were Jalal Khashoggi, they were wanted by a nation which committed the war crimes exposed by this reporter so many times. Would you just take the word of the head of state who said he would be so happy to see a bullet in his head? Their main witness was coerced. Would you send him to that country? Fissoning were Jamal Khashoggi. We were wanted by a nation that did all these things and more. If it were Iran or Russia, would you be keeping score? Would you trust their prosecutors, all the nice things that they say about their justice system before they take him away? What if his name were Julian? Would you send him across the sea? If his name were Jamal Khashoggi? Julian Assange related news he has been granted uh, the right to have a what an appeal to his extradition to the United States um, so he's going to be there's going to be another one coming I'm not sure when if they've decided on that um, and um, and then the April rally in Brussels I mentioned and and sent with somebody else on here on on the chat there what it, something very pertinent oh songbook my songbook I I have made I spent quite an inordinate amount of time. I was waiting for to feel inspired to do the technical stuff. Um and it took six years before I felt inspired to do that. But I finally did, uh two weeks ago, last week, whenever that was, and I spent most of every day for several days updating my this the songbook section on my website, davidrovics.com slash songbook. Where at this moment I don't know how many songs are there. I haven't counted uh, hundreds, but um, every song that I've written at least since 1997 or six or so is in there, pretty much everything. And uh, in alphabetical order, if I remember the alphabet properly, because it's not like automated, you know. And, uh, oh, and I was also, if you want to, if you go to patreon.com slash davidrovics, is one place and you can find um, my my recent posts. You can also support me there if you want, but you can find my recent posts and they include various things of potent, potential note 
Uh, there were two different concerts, um, in one in Glasgow and one in Liverpool that were both uh, uh, recorded by filmmakers with one camera shoots, and they both came out great. And um, so I have both Liverpool and Glasgow on playlists now on YouTube and other platforms. And I was interviewed for West Brain's um, radio show in Southern Oregon called The Brain Labor Report, which is every Wednesday, a, a week ago this Wednesday, I was on his show. And you can listen to that after the fact there if you want to on Patreon and other places. And um, one of the things um, that's particularly relevant to The Brain Labor Report is this Saturday at 2 p.m., there will be a another rally in solidarity with the city workers who will be going on strike here in Portland, Oregon on February 10th. So on February 5th, on Saturday, 2 p.m. in City Hall. <clears throat> if you're a local to the Portland area, I hope to see you there. And, um, yeah, oh, and in, in addition to the Brain Labor Report interview, I also was interviewed um, for a wonderful podcast called Fucking Cancelled, which I highly recommend. Episode 25, that's me. Okay, there's your... Now, what else? I was going to sing something for the city workers, and then I was also thinking about events in northern Syria. Um, crazy stuff going on. And... Um, and this goes out to that guy behind the bar at... Um, the Nachtigall in Cologne. Listen to me, friends, from New York to California. Consider formal Sulaimania, the last city volunteers would often see before. They hiked over the mountains and joined the war for the freedom of the people of Rojava. defended by RPTs and guns, wielded by Rojava's daughters and sons, along with scores of those who's come from far and near, who learned to fire mortars so they could fight right here, for the freedom of the people of Rojava. What makes a person go from Occupy Wall Street to marching through the desert with blisters on their feet to risk life and liberty to face Islamic State knowing that martyrdom would likely be their fate for the freedom of the people of Rojava Something worth defending isn't hard to find Not so many people will go leave their home behind to go train on the mountain with the YPG To go join somebody's struggle out of solidarity For the freedom of the people of Rojava The blood of many folk has been spilled along the way Including several anarchists from the USA So remember Robert Grove and Michael Israel Paolo Todd, Jordan McTaggart How they lived and how they fell For the freedom of the people of Rojava For the freedom of the people of Rojava For the freedom of the people of Rojava
I will do a song for the city workers, which I sang. There's actually a recording on YouTube of me singing this with my mandola. I'll bring the octave mandolin next time. Whether you have a job or not You who pick the tomatoes You who grow the pot You who stay home to raise the children You that record the sound You who flip the burgers All you workers gather round Gather round workers, all of you who pull the shots, you who wash the dishes, park the cars in parking lots, you who dig the ditches, put the caskets in the ground, you who clean the bathrooms, all you workers gather round. around all you workers all of you who write the code you who teach the children you who pave the roads you who run the freight trains wherever they be bound you who drive the buses all you workers gather round Gather round, all you workers, struggling to pay the rent. You who work a second job and wonder where all the time went. You there in the sleeping bag, shivering on the ground. In the houses, on the sidewalks, all you workers gather round. workers, all you actors on the screen, who point the cameras and write for the magazines, you who launch the missiles, you who fire from the ground, you who fly the helicopters, all you workers gather round, gather round. All you workers, gather round, and you will know that gathered all together, we can vanquish any foe. As sure as we're made of water, so history has found. The workers have the power 
If all we workers gather round. pleasure hanging out with you here on the uh, internet. Hope to see some of you in person uh, sometime if you're in Portland or Scandinavia or uh, maybe this summer slash winter um, in Australia, July maybe, hopefully. Um, and uh, at some point I got to visit the East Coast. I got friends and relatives there particularly like my mom and dad and stuff i haven't been there a long time but so if you're on the east coast the u.s maybe i'll come visit there too anyway um this will be in podcast form davidrovix.com slash this week or if you look for this week with david rovix wherever podcasts are found if you want to help me pay for this instrument i bought with a credit card then um go to uh davidrovix.com there's a donate button paypal.me slash davidrovix is another way and um there's your announcements and um thanks for hanging out and here's a song for those wonderful women watching from australia at the moment when the world has gone crazy and it's all becoming clear when they're gunning down our comrades and it seems the end is near as they're loading up the launchers for the tear gas grenades we can take off our bandanas and kiss behind the barricades when it's madness all around and you can see this at a glance we will sing and we will cry we will laugh and we will dance as they shout their marching orders beneath the helicopter blades we shall seize the moment for a kiss behind the barricades they will try to break our spirit and at times they may succeed but our love for the world is stronger than their greed when the building is surrounded and hope begins to fade in my final hour a kiss behind the barricades as the movement grows there will be hills and bends but at the center of the struggle are your lovers and your friends and the more we hold each other up the less we can be swayed here's to love and solidarity and a kiss behind the barricades Oh, and speaking of Australia, next week, Wednesday, same time, same channel, I'll be uh, talking with uh, Matt Ward, a musician with a new album out, as well as uh, a music journalist uh, who does a lot of reviews for Green Left Weekly. And uh, hope to see you next week, and um, hope to see you in the real world, depending on where you are sometime in the, the next few weeks, especially if you're in Scandinavia. Take care, everybody.